podcast is proudly brought to you by 40 Winks Bendigo. Well, g'day everyone. Welcome back to another really exciting cricket podcast. Well, the last few weeks have been really exciting with some past big past big bash guests that have been on in the last few weeks but this is going to be another cracking episode well this guy plays in the bbl competition for the adelaide strikers he also he also plays for the new south wales blues in sheffield cricket and he's also just played in a big summer of cricket in the australian a team well his name is harry conway welcome to the podcast harry Thanks, Jeff. Thanks very much for the introduction, mate. I appreciate you having me on. No worries at all. Thank you for uh, coming on the show. I'm looking forward to chatting to you about your cricket career. So first question, Harry, is how did you get into cricket? Question, I, I probably I probably start off in a pretty traditional way, um, like most Australian kids playing in the backyard with, um, with my dad um, in Sydney, where I grew up. So um, got taught how to bowl and bat with dad. Um, and then when I was at school, I was pretty lucky. We were, you know, always encouraged to play as many sports as we could. Um, and growing up, I used to play cricket in the summer and rugby in the winter and, um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Had lots of fun playing cricket at school. But uh, as I got a little bit older, um, around 14, 15, 16, you know, I probably started when I was 10. But, yeah, it took me a few years at school to get the hang of things. And then once I realised how much I enjoyed it, I, I started playing club and rep cricket so club in the afternoon rep on, on Sundays um, and yeah basically was playing three games a weekend for a few years there. Cricket is definitely a wonderful sport to uh, play that's for sure yeah so is there something that you could share with us that most people wouldn't know about you? Like a lot of yeah a lot of people in cricket are from I guess they're from public schools or um you know, from country regions as well. I guess I'm I'm pretty uh, a little bit unique in the way that I went to a private school. So there's only a few guys that have, have probably made it to the the you know the professional level like Jackson Bird, Ed Cowan, Will Somerville. Um, so I'm I'm in a I'm in niche company in the way that um, I probably didn't have a traditional um, you know introduction to cricket out in the West where you know they, it's just a, an absolute streamline of talent. Um, you know, look at guys like Pat Cummins. Um, you know, guys like that out in the western suburbs come in and train and, um, you know, they're just really naturally talented. And, yeah, I guess uh, going to a, a really good school in Sydney, I was, I was very lucky. But, um, yeah, it probably took me a while to um, understand the world and the, the game of cricket a bit more. Um, I probably wasn't as quickly, um, you know, I didn't adapt as well as other guys. So, um, yeah, I guess, um, yeah, I've had a bit of a different, uh, unique route to the elite level, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that I've caught up um, in teaching myself the game and stuff like that. And I've had some really good coaches over the years that um, yeah, I've been lucky to work with as well. Who have been some of your uh, mentors over the years in cricket? Yeah, uh, really good question. I've I've worked with uh, some really special people in Australian cricket. I guess um, you know Stuart Law, Greg Chapel. Um, Trevor Bayless for a short time. Um, I think in more recent times, the, the, the best guy for my bowling in the last couple of years, um, you know, who's helped me the most is Andre Adams, who's been the bowling coach. More so with how to get those out um, when I bowl, um, using using different weapons that I've got, um, you know, including my height and bounce. Um, 
and talk to me, um, you know, about about me and, and players away from the game and, and how much the mental side of the game can impact your on-field performance. Um, he's a really smart guy and and someone I really love working with, a great guy. So, yeah, I'd say those three are, are pretty special names. Um, you know, obviously, I said Tr- Trevor Bayless and Jeff Lawson were coaches at the start of my career at New South Wales. Um, but, yeah, all the time, you know, when you're in and out of teams, as you were mentioning before, you're always coming across different guys. Pretty lucky work with Australian cricket for a short time. You definitely have been really lucky, Harry, to have some great uh, experience uh, coaches and mentors. Can you tell us what it is like to play for the Adelaide Strikers in the Big Bash and the New South Wales Blues in Sheffield cricket, but also you just played in the Australian A cricket team uh, just recently this summer. Can you tell us what it's like? Yeah, absolutely. It was it was amazing. I, yeah, I certainly didn't expect the Australian A call up. It was, uh, you know, it was out of the blue. I, I know I'd had a couple of good seasons for New South Wales. Um, yeah, it was a massive honour. It's probably one of the, the most special, um, you know, milestones in my career. I would say to be, um, you know, representing Australia right at the SCG against India. It was a really strong side that they put out. Um, you know, and a great experience for me. Um, and hopefully, it's the start of quite special, but. Well, it's something I always dream of. Um, you know, growing up, I never thought that I, I'd probably achieve, um, you know, a milestone such as that. But, um, you know, when I got in a few squads like the under-17s and the under-19s, I really believed that I could, you know, take my game to the next level. Um, and then my career sort of stagnated when I, I got into the squad. So as a rookie, me uh, break, break through um, to guys like Copeland, Abbott, Hazelwood, um, you know, Stark, Cummins, you know, there's lots of bowlers and New South Wales always littered with great fast bowlers. So, um, as I say, it was a massive honour to re- receive my my baggy blue. And um, I actually, funnily enough, I got my one-day cap, uh, I think, the year previous. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's always an absolute honour playing for New South Wales. I love it. Um, you know, I love what I do. I'm very lucky, as you said. So, um, yeah, I count my lucky stars every, each and every day. And, and I just try and go to training and get better that I've mentioned. Um, and last couple obviously I was a chance off against some weeks. Um, and playing for Adelaide's great. They obviously gave me my first opportunity and um, really thankful for, for that. They're really good side. I think our bowling at the moment's really strong. I think um, you know Batting probably at times that it's down, we, um, you know, a bit going forward would be ideal. But to make the finals every year is great. So we're two from two since I've been there and I've played eight games in that time. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I really get along well with the guys. Um, working under Jason Gillespie has been awesome. Um, Cameron White is a great coach as well, Joey Dawes. So, again, just meeting new people and uh, getting used to the way that they work and coach has been a unique experience but yeah they certainly do things a lot differently to what New South Wales do so for the eight weeks I'm down there it's a it's a it's a different experience um and compared to for New South Wales and the Shield game is obviously uh, very very different so um yeah it takes some getting used to but um yeah I've got a few more years at Adelaide um yet and I, I don't think we've fulfilled our potential as a squad so 
Um, Sixers have been the benchmark in the last couple of years. They've been outstanding, but hopefully Adelaide can get it together in the next few years. I'm sure they definitely will, Harry. Like like you were just saying saying earlier, you've got some great bowlers in your team, like yourself, obviously. You've got where's where's Aggie? You've got uh former test player Peter Siddle in your squad and and then you've got uh Russian card as well. So you've you've got some uh great experienced bowlers in your squad over there. We do. And then, you know, to think that we traded Billy, uh, Billy Stanley last year for uh, Dan Worrell. Dan Worrell was a great pickup this year. He bowled really well with the new ball, bowled um, incredibly well in the power play. Um, and then Michael Nessa, obviously, away with test duties. When he comes back, it's it's hard to fit everyone in. Um, and Nessa's a great all-rounder and, and someone we, you know, who's been at the club for nine years now. So pretty special player at the strikers and um you know I'm, I'm really hopeful that he gets a test burst soon because he's a great bloke and a really good bowler he de- definitely is a really good good bowler so hopefully we can see him in the uh australian uh cricket uniform soon so obviously with playing obviously T20 cricket and then obviously then you're at the New South Wales Blues in the one day cricket and all that which type of cricket do you prefer to play and why and why would that be the case it's it's probably probably still shield cricket I think um, you know the season got caught off uh, prematurely last year thanks to COVID but you know winning the shield um, is something I've you know, you always, that's why you get up early in the morning in the winter and you, you train as hard as you do as a squad. Um, yeah, so being based here in Sydney, training with your mates, um, long hours and stuff like that, uh, well, working as hard as you can, uh, firstly to make the side in New South Wales, but also to perform well is something that I, you know, really gets me up in the morning. So I would still say Shield Cricket and winning Shield titles. We won last year, but as I say, we didn't, you know, we made the final the year before and lost to Victoria pretty convincingly. So it's still a real goal of mine to, um, win a shield game and win a shield uh, sorry win the shield final and win a shield title so um, the right way so hopefully we can do that this year we're, we're on a pretty good path I would have thought um, at the moment at the turn of the Christmas so uh, you know the halfway point of the competition but um, yeah one day cricket's obviously an interesting one um, yeah I've, I, as I say I've only played 10 games and then eight BBL games so um, less white ball cricket but um, I think the most rewarding one to win if you ask most of the state guys it'll be shield cricket but um, as I say, it's a different kind of energy and buzz at the Adelaide Oval when you play in front of, you know, 25,000 people and they're screaming Rashid Khan's name. So um, it's fantastic. It's a, an unbelievable atmosphere at the Adelaide Oval and a um, special place to play cricket. So for different reasons, I also really get a buzz out of playing at the, um, the Adelaide Oval for the strikers. So, um, yeah, a few different reasons for both, but it'll probably be shield cricket that, that epitomises why I play. It definitely is. Do you have a favourite, like, uh, ball that you like to bowl in, like, an over? Would it be, like, a Yorker or uh, short or long length or any of that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I reckon reckon bowling change-ups and stuff like that in T20s is huge. So, because I'm so tall, I love bowling bounces. Um, You're only allowed to bowl one in T20s, which sucks, but um, yeah, always using my bouncer. And then at the end, yeah, I'd try and bowl, you know, if I do get the opportunity to bowl in the last few hours, I'd love trying to nail my Yorkers. I think, um, you know, they're really hard to score off. And uh, yeah, you can set a field to 
to a good Yorker. So, um, yeah, trying to nail those as much as I can. I think the best bowlers in the world, the best T20 players in the world, and in the big bash as well, you you know that they can nail their Yorker at the end. Um, guys like Ty Richardson. Um, yeah, so I, I think always trying to improve in that way is, is important so that you, you do play as many games as you can. But, um, yeah, the, the opportunities are... Uh, are tough to go by because there are so many world-class bowlers around in T20 and there there are some guys that only play T20. So it's very hard to compete with, but um, I would say bouncers and Yorkers for sure. Yeah, they definitely are great, great ones to obviously, obviously bowl. Um, What would you like to achieve in cricket in life? Yeah, great, great question. As I mentioned before, you know, getting a taste of the Australian A-game against India was um, something really rewarding and, and something I took a lot out of, um, you know, for a few different reasons, but um, to play for Australia. And I think, you know, my best chance is probably test cricket, which is, you know, equally the hardest, the hardest, um, you know, to crack. We've got so many good bowlers in Australia um, and I'm, you know, I have to be really patient. I also have to knock, knock the door down with lots of performances for New South Wales. Um, you know, I've got no doubt that Stark, Hazelwood and Cummins, Pattinson, Nessa, these guys are really, really good operators and really consistent. So, um, you know, watching them and playing against them and challenging myself to be the best bowler I can, I, I feel like I'll do that in New South Wales, uh, working with Andre Adams and Phil Jakes. Um, but, yeah, playing for Australia would be an absolute goal of mine. And um, I think, you know, as I say, my best chance is test cricket. So if I can become a test cricketer, it'd be, yeah, absolutely fantastic. A dream come true. It definitely would be a dream come true for you. It's definitely a great, a great goal to have. Well, hopefully we can see you soon. Harry in the uh, green and gold for Australia, obviously representing Australia in the main squad. Yeah, so obviously you just played recently with, obviously in the Australian A team. That must have been a great ex- experience playing against India. Yeah, it was amazing. It was, um, yeah, I got to watch the guys, um, you, you know, in the first game at Dremoyne, they, they, we had, we rolled out Pattinson, Steckity, Nessa, Bird. Um, yeah, so a really good attack and got to have a look at a few of the Indian batters there. But um, yeah, it's obviously a different kettle of fish going out and bowling to them with a pink ball at the SCG. Um, they're, they're really attacking players, the Indians. So um, they had Gill, who's done really well, Shubman Gill, uh, Prithvi Shaw, uh, Argawal. Um, uh, Pajara didn't play, but and, and Kohli didn't play, but they had uh, Rahane um, and Rishad Pant, who's done so well over the last six months, six to 12 months. So, yeah, it was awesome bowling to guys like that. Um, you know, and on day one, I thought we bowled really well in that game. It was obviously a, a three-day game, but, um, yeah, I thought we made a pretty good account of ourselves. Obviously, some guys went down with injuries, but the overall experience, as you say, was something magic and something I, I'll take a lot away from. Um yeah, certainly playing against essentially a test side was yeah a unique experience and something I'm really grateful for. Definitely would have been a great experience, and and I'm sure and I'm sure you guys would have learnt a lot out of that as players. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, yeah, working with uh, you know the Australian coaches as well. You know, Chris Rogers was there, Troy Cooley, um, Matthew Mott. Um, you know, Cricket Australia runs a really tight ship and it's very professional. So, um, yeah, they really challenge you to 
you know, get out of your comfort zone and, and try new things and um, try and expand your horizons as a player as well. I think that was the biggest thing you, you took out of three days was or the two weeks that we were in camp. Um, it's a pretty tight-knit family and, um, you know, all the guys are really giving with their time and expertise. Um, you know, I've obviously, I'm a little bit younger than some of those guys. So, you know, I just try to suck up any energy I could out of, oh, sorry, information and, and knowledge that I could out of the guys that have played, you know, not only test cricket, but a lot of rep cricket in the past. So, um, yeah, my first game and and hopefully, as I say, I'd, I'd love to get a few more games and, and try and um, put performances on the board. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Definitely. Yeah, so with obviously cricket, Harry, um, do you have a favourite Big Bash game that you've played in? Yeah, good question. I reckon, um, yeah, obviously it'd come in a team win. So I think my first game, um, Peter Siddle was away on test duty. So um, that was last year against the Scorchers at the Adelaide Oval. I remember Liam Livingston was going off with Josh Inglis um, and Rashid got a couple of wickets. We were defending 190 um, and they only ended up getting 170. We, it was a good come from behind victory. Um, and as I say, in my first game, Alex Carey threw me the ball um, late in the piece and uh, I was able to close out with uh, Wes Agar at the death. So, you know, obviously tensions were running high and important to try and uh, win at home. But against Perth, who were on fire at the time and um, they had a bit of a collapse. And, um, yeah, to be a part of a, a win like that against the, such a great side, the Scorchers have been so consistent. Um, yeah, it was a really special, really special night. And it was Indigenous night as well. So, yeah, it definitely would have been a really uh, special night. That that game against the uh, Scorchers, Harry, you you must you must be already looking forward to next uh, Big Bash season, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still sort of, I'm still sort of, uh, yeah, just getting settled back in, in into home in Sydney. But uh, it is so much fun that you, yeah, you're always looking forward to the next one. You haven't won. Um, fifth is sort of what we, you know, the standards that we set. Yeah, I mean, you know, it took a week to get over um, the finals loss uh, up from Brisbane, but. Yeah, as you say, it'll it'll come around pretty soon. I think with bubbles and um, COVID the way it is, you know, the times um, season and, and games have been condensed and, and moved into you know back to back sort of uh, scheduling. So yeah, you go from one game to the other, and before you know it, as you say, uh, we'll be in BBL eleven, and I'll be back down in Adelaide. Uh, so yeah, I am I am excited for it. As I say, I've got two more years there, and um, I'm hopeful that we can. Yeah, as, as I said, fulfil our potential and, and hopefully make a final uh, in that time. You guys have definitely got got so much potential to go to go all the way. Obviously, the uh, Sydney Sixers have been quite tough to play against. Obviously, they're a well-experienced ex- uh, squad, aren't they, Harry, to play against in BBL? Yeah, yeah, they are, mate. And and since I've been at the Strikers, we've we've lost all four games against the Sixers. We lost a couple of tight ones that I played in the year before, but 
this year we were yeah we were we were no match for them um, unfortunately and and as you say they're, they're a quality side with great leaders um, obviously Greg Shepard Jody Hawkins and Moses Onreeks they're very good leaders um, very professional outfit um, they recruit very well and um, you know from one to eight and I think they've got the strongest uh, I think everyone in that squad is ready to play um, you know they were ready to play yesterday so. Um, yeah, it's a pretty good cocktail for success. Um, Dan Christian was one of the players of the tournament for mine. So um, Carlos Brathwaite came out and bowled really well when Tom Curran was unavailable. So um, yeah, they just they they work out their best eleven, um, and you know they get the job done because one they've yeah they've obviously got that great experience, but they're well led and um, you know well coached, well rehearsed, and they have great role players too. So I think other teams can certainly um, you know emulate some of the stuff that they do. Um, during the tournament, and yeah, as you say, I, I mean, there's no reason if they don't really change their squad that they can't, they can't probably go all the way for the next couple of years, which is scary because they, you know, sometimes they've got Lions and Hazelwood available as well. So I think they're only getting stronger. Oh, they de- definitely are getting stronger. So they will be, uh, they will be definitely a team up there again next. Next up, BBL season. So with your cricket, Harry, once obviously Sheffield's finished here in Australia, do you go overseas and play cricket? Yeah, it's a good one. I think if if COVID wasn't around, um, I'd certainly put my hand up for some county cricket over in the UK. Um, But I think just because of how dangerous it is over there at the moment, it's probably not a smart business decision. so, yeah, I'd love to. I'd absolutely love to. Um, you know, I think that would be my priority is going over and playing some Dukes cricket with a county in England. Um, I'd love to experience that. I went over and played club cricket in 2015. Um, but in terms of the leagues and the T20 leagues and stuff like that, I'll pro- I'll probably it's probably not that high on my radar. I don't think um, that's a priority for me in the next couple of years. Anyway, I think, um, you know, if I want to play for Australia and, and achieve some of my goals. It'll be through Sheffield Shield performances and, um, you know, Australian A games and things like that. So I want to be available for the right games at the right time, essentially. Fair enough, then. That, that makes uh, sense. Like like you were just saying, you obviously want to play at, at the highest level. Um, how has COVID in, impacted your cricket personally? Yeah, great question. We... Yeah, I, I guess Cricket Australia has been pretty good. They've uh, um, they've worked out that um, having team-based hubs uh, was the way to go before Christmas when it was it was pretty dangerous. So we all went to Adelaide and played three or four rounds of the Sheffield Shield down there on a, on a few different grounds. Um, that that went really well. It actually worked quite well. Um, so yeah, we were probably down there for the best part of four weeks and play three games um, as New South Wales, and then postponed the one day cricket tournament um you know that obviously started yesterday and we had a good win over victoria um so they've just reworked the schedule continually um you know talking to the players union um and the executive all the time and just having discussions around what's going to work best for guys um you know i've been largely unaffected in the way that i don't have a family or a partner so um you know i'm i'm pretty flexible with uh you know when i can go away and what i'm available for but um, yeah, it certainly would have been really tough for the guys playing India, you know, in the Australian bubble, the test bubble, because, um, you know, India, India was a really important series. So they were locked up in um, isolation and, and quarantines and stuff like that. But so far, so good in the way that we haven't had to really do any isolation or quarantining. Um, 
the big bash ran really smoothly. Um, in the eight weeks we were, you know, I was largely in Adelaide at home because Adelaide was COVID free and, um, you know, the more games you can play at the Adelaide Oval, the better. So I was actually really happy with the way that that uh, sort of worked out in our favour. But um, yeah, lots of other guys have, have done it pretty tough. I know Victoria have struggled because Melbourne keeps continually having outbreaks and things like that. But um, yeah, I, I guess the only the only thing that was disappointing was obviously not being able to come back to Sydney for Christmas or New Year's with my family. So um, yeah, that was, that was a bit upsetting. But yeah, I, I think that's a sacrifice that you make to play the game that you love. Yeah, that, that's right, mate. Unf, unf, unfortunately, with this this COVID crisis that's going on around the world, uh, unfortunately, you players, unfortunately, you players do have to make them sacrifices. We we weren't able to see your family and friends over the Christmas period or for a long time. Harry, how how have the players obviously managed? that change within games, you know, because it's obviously depending on each state with COVID outbreaks, there was borders closing and opening all the time. How did players manage that? Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was hard to communicate to everyone just because there were so many people at risk. Um, and as I say, it was usually Melbourne or Sydney that was the, the danger area or the danger spot. So, um, yeah, Perth just locked their borders um, completely. So that was that was pretty harsh. And then, yeah, it was just moving from, you know, uh, I think it was this, uh, the Gold Coast, Adelaide, Canberra. Um, you know, we worked out after a while that, you know, we had to steer clear of metropolitan Sydney and Victoria or Melbourne uh, and also Perth. So finding other regions in Australia to play cricket was, you know, it would have been difficult for cricket Australia, but yeah, I think players just, just, you know, had to suck it up and get on with it. Um, you know, it didn't really matter where we were playing in my opinion. It's, you know, you'd love to have crowds there and you'd love to play in front of your home fans, but um, you know, look at the Sixers. They, they were able to go through the tournament without playing, you know, all but one game in the final uh, being at the SCG in front of their fans. And they obviously dealt with the adversity really well. So um, as I say, man, I think it was, it was more people being away from their families or, um, yeah, their, their children and their and their partners is, um, you know, for such a prolonged period, it's it's pretty unique. You know, you you obviously usually have those people right next to you. So, yeah, yeah, the odds and stuff like that would have been hard from a mental health point of view. I think it's it's. Definitely would have been and hard on all the players and coaches and that, but the cricket players done a wonderful job, obviously, to keep the uh, keep the cricket season going. Harry, um, is there any interest or hobbies that you have outside of uh, cricket? Yeah, I guess I, I um, yeah, I'm a, I love summer, so I, I love. Going down for a swim, um, hang out at cafes. The guys, are, I love my rugby union, so I watch a lot of that in the winter with uh, my dad and some of my mates. Um, I'm a reader as well. I, I've studied business at UTS, so um, I did a degree, you know, straight out of school. So uh, I think, you know, when I when I finish playing, I'll, I'll certainly go into something in business, um, which is nice. So yeah, I've got a few other things going on in the background, but um, yeah, I, I think. 
you know, you know, guys talk about it all the time, but the, the time you spend away from the game is just as important as the time you spend on the field. Um, you know, I don't think you can play well. I certainly can't play well without, yeah, seeing my mates or hanging out with my family, um, you know, having that time away from the game so that when I am at cricket, I'm really focused and energised to play well. That's right. You've, you've got some great interests and hobbies outside of cricket. Well, Harry, a massive thank you for coming on the podcast and chatting about your cricket journey and obviously good luck with the rest of your cricket career. Looking forward to uh, continuing to watch you play. Thanks, Jed. Thanks very much for having me on, mate. I really appreciate it. Thank you, mate. No worries at all. Thanks for coming on. Jed's podcast is proudly brought to you by 40 Winks Bendigo, serious about sleep.